Hello and welcome back to the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. This episode is about something that I began seeing unfold during the fear campaign of 2020 to 2022, the COVID years. For all I know, if we the people choose to grant the powers that be their way again, those will be known as the early COVID years or the first lockdown years. I hope not. I hope we're stronger than that. There is most assuredly another fear campaign that's already in the works, even if it takes longer this time to convince people that they should be paralyzed with fear and immediately surrender their sovereignty, their ability to move freely, their ability to buy food, their ability to worship together, and their ability to work to the powers that be, those unelected experts, the technocrats, who run and ruin our existence to try to create a United States of America in their own dark image. I remember the crazy train leaving the station in early 2020, and as it traveled, I was taken aback by what people were willing to believe, in spite of the evidence. At first, they were angry with me for my deadpan response to the hype because I wasn't engaging them in it as they worked to convert me to being a believer of the hype, to join the hype mind. Then they became angrier with me when I offered them verifiable evidence that what they were being told was lies. They wanted nothing to do with evidence because evidence is offensive during fear campaigns. Then they formed wolf packs of believers in the hype and openly shamed anyone who didn't participate in the groupthink. I wanted no part in the collective hype mind, so I simply ignored it whenever it drifted in like a flock of vultures. As I watched the fervor, which was based on hype and not evidence, balloon in our nation, I checked out of the subject altogether and simply went dark. When people got in my face to try to publicly humiliate me for not caring about their hype and refusing to wear a mask, I had only one response to them. I'm not participating in the pandemic. It was the only response I could come up with that was short, sweet, and to the point. There is never a correct response to someone who has been completely detached from logic with fear. So I made that phrase my boilerplate and continued living my life as usual. By the time we got to the jabs, those of us who intuitively knew that the jabs were not intended for our good were publicly shamed and humiliated by wolf packs of hype believers who had been receiving their USRDA of Enlightenment downloads from the technocrats on television shows. We were shunned by those who knew better, by those who had received the truth from the technocrats. We were the fringe, the shadow people, the anti-fill-in-the-blank shadow people. But those who had trusted the technocrats on television shut up one day, just suddenly stopped their preaching to us extreme anti-fill-in-the-blank shadow people, and avoided the subject altogether once they realized some deceptions are fatal. I heard only a couple of lone wolves acknowledge how foolish they had been to believe the hype. The others resorted to avoidance as a communication style and simply stopped their rants and street preaching for their new religious leaders, the technocrats. It was better for them for everyone to simply pretend that nothing from the previous three years had actually happened. Cognitive dissonance and pride at its finest. I would never have guessed that so many people in our United States would immediately jettison evidence to have their ears tickled by the unelected experts, the technocrats. But it happened. That includes the churches. They don't get a pass on this either. Those years happened, even if none of you wanted to speak of the subject again, once you realized the enlightenment you received from the technocrats could be, and often was, fatal. People often wonder how come I meet much of what others bring to me with a deadpan poker face. They wonder why I won't engage them in the latest news from the boob tube. For those of you under the age of 45, the boob tube is the proper name for a television. 
After decades of watching the roots of deception sink deeper and deeper into the psyche of the American populace, only to be embraced as ear-tickling truth, I choose to stay in the shadows and do what I can to positively impact the culture from the shadows. And again, that includes the churches. Like Christians of the Pacific Rim, who decades ago began begging the United States to stop sending Christian missionaries to their region, I too don't want modern American Christianity diluting my relationship with Jesus in the Bible, so I've learned to keep culture at arm's length from me at all times. Deception is as contagious as it is ear-tickling. The underworld knows what it's doing. It always has. We could change so much of what deception is doing to our culture by stepping in the direction of becoming a united people who stubbornly view and treat each other as fellow countrymen, as neighbors. If we made that choice, almost with the snap of a finger, the powers that be would lose their power. Unity among us fellow countrymen would almost immediately castrate the powers that be from the control far too many give them over us. Among a united people, the odds of the technocrats getting a fear campaign off the ground would stand about the same chance as launching an empty balloon. And that would be simpler to pull off right now had half of our people not made the choice to immediately surrender their minds, lives, and sovereignty over to the technocrats during the fear campaign of 2020 to 2022. What we allow is what will continue. Let me say that again. We the people, what we allow is what will continue. If we had simply made the choice not to participate in the unfounded hype and lies of the technocracy from 2020 to 2022, our culture might be standing here today far more intact than it is now. And the technocracy might be standing on the curb, holding a balloon with nothing in it while searching for its testicles. The wholesale surrender of our sovereignty during those three years is not the point of this episode, but it was necessary for me to remind listeners that it happened to get to the point of this episode. I want to focus on something related but different, a fruit that was surgically cut and born of that fear campaign. Not a genetically modified fruit, but a culturally modified fruit of that campaign. And that fruit is a severing of a sense of personal connection among far too many of us United Americans. And my concern is that there may have been enough of us re-educated during that fear campaign to accept the absurd notion that a people completely detached from one another can remain a people, can remain a culture. The re-education, the giant mind screw that was the fear campaign of 2020 to 2022, birthed a cultural cancer in the sum in the hope that it might bring down the many, given enough time for the infection to spread. Left uncorrected, I believe this notion that we can move about our daily lives entirely disconnected from one another will overtake the best interests of the many, ultimately to become one more nail in the coffin of our culture. And it's up to us to correct it. The technocrats who gifted it to us are certainly not going to do anything to stop it. They need it to happen if they are to be successful in their desire to recreate the United States of America in their own dark image. Since so many of us never did buy into their hype, the technocrats have to rely on the cancer of detachment from one another to take root and spread. Simply out of curiosity, did it sound odd to you when I said United Americans instead of Americans a minute ago? It did to me. It has become the normal here in the United States of America to refer to ourselves only as Americans. We have been groomed to leave out the United States of part. But are we simply Americans? If we are, then we are one and the same with all those who live in Central America, South America, and Canada. 
sharing common values and a common form of government as our neighbors south and north of us. But we don't. We do have some values in common because we are all created in God's image. But we certainly don't have similar forms of government, or at least we shouldn't. The United States of America is a band of 50 states, united in purpose, values, future, in a republic governed by those from among us whom we elect. Or at least that's what we are on paper. We are not simply Americans. We were founded upon this insane notion that we could be a united American people. A people united. A people who wear a moniker more specific than the generic term Americans. Because that is who we are. United Americans. A people in a land of separate states, but united in overarching values, purposes, and ideals like freedom, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, freedom of religious expression, freedom to travel freely without being molested, a right to not be unreasonably searched or inspected, to have our papers and effects unmolested, to be innocent until proven guilty, freedom to peacefully assemble, to be a united people with elective power over our own governance, free from any form of any appointed body of elected experts, of a technocracy, regardless of the window dressing put upon it by the cartoon characters on the boob tubes across this nation. But the craziest ideal of all, and still the most important, is this ideal of us being a united people, of stubbornly viewing and treating each other as fellow countrymen, as neighbors. That seems to fall in line with Jesus stating that the second most important commandment is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Weird coincidence. I have long argued on this podcast that unity among the people is the single greatest threat and the only solution to those who seek to wreck and then rebuild the United States of America in their own dark image. I still stand on that. If we, the people of the United States of America, decided to unite, to stubbornly view and to treat each other as fellow countrymen, as neighbors, the powers that be, the technocracy, almost immediately becomes irrelevant. Because there are magnitudes more of us than there are of those who are seeking to take our country down and recreate it in their own dark image. But they can't make that sick dream of theirs a reality without us buying in. They need us to buy in because there are so many of us and so few of them. They need us to buy in because they are not that smart. They know we're smarter than them. Okay, maybe not all of us. But collectively, the powers that be don't stand a chance against United Americans in a battle of wits, ingenuity, or sheer tenacity. They need us to buy in. And that is proven almost impossible to accomplish in a logical space. That's why they have to use fear to try to isolate us from one another, to help us realize that it is completely normal to move through our daily lives without even making eye contact with or acknowledging that the myriad people around us exist. Fear instantly moves a person toward fight or flight and detaches them from logic and reason. A logical and reasonable person is fully capable of seeing how critical it is to the culture of the United States of America, the land of United Americans, to hold our relationships with our fellow countrymen, our neighbors, in high regard, to protect those neighborly relationships with stubborn tenacity, and to be unwilling to surrender them for any reason, especially if that reason has been suggested by a technocrat. The powers that be need us to buy in and fears about all they have left because they are that far from being smart. I have said before that they are good at deception, but that does not make them smart. It only means that they are good at deception. 
If we do not start pushing back hard against the cancer of detachment from one another that was planted into the body of our culture during the fear campaign of 2020 to 2022, then we will lose our culture. We will lose everything that makes the United States of America a great country to live in. I'm not sure how we can do this except one person at a time. One personal interaction at a time as we move through our daily lives. I'm unaware of a way to fight back against this in a massively sweeping manner. There is no microwave version of a repair to our culture. It has been under attack by the powers that be for decades. We aren't going to heal our culture, our people, overnight. It's going to take patience and concerted effort. It's going to take us, you, me, making a choice and driving a stake into the ground that our culture and our nation is worth fighting for. We have to go to bed every evening and get up every morning praying to God to give us the patience, courage, and gentleness to not go through our daily lives pretending those around us don't even exist, to acknowledge those around us and to engage them, even if it is with nothing but a simple hello, how are you doing, or I hope you have a great day. Something, anything, that acknowledges that the people around us exist and that we matter to each other because we are fellow countrymen. We are neighbors. If you are listening to this and don't believe there's a God, then do it for no other reason than human decency. For extending to other people around you the dignity of acknowledging their existence, acknowledging that they have value, just as you would appreciate someone extending that same courtesy or kindness to you. If you are a follower of Jesus and you are wondering at what stage of the game you get to do some heavy lifting, we're in that time. It's past time for the followers of Jesus to start being like Jesus to our culture. Jesus reached out and ministered to the people whom the church folks wanted nothing to do with, and they hated him for it, especially the temple and religious leaders. They hated that Jesus scorned them for their elitist attitudes while tending to and loving the ones whom those leaders thought it normal to be completely detached from, to simply ignore, as if they didn't exist. For some reason, it feels like human behavior runs in a repetitive cycle, like we live in a time reminiscent of when Jesus walked upon the earth, but that's probably just my imagination. United Americans, we have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Do we allow ourselves to continue in the direction of increasingly moving through our daily lives detached from those around us, ignoring those around us as if they don't even exist? Or do we begin acting like Jesus did? Follower of Jesus, is your faith real? Or is it a facade? If it's real, then start living it out, just as Jesus modeled for us. If it is a facade, then you're working against Jesus and his persistent and tenacious, redemptive purposes for his creation. It all comes down to a choice of where we go from here. What really matters to us? Does our culture matter to us? Do our fellow countrymen matter to us? Do our neighbors matter to us? Does a united people of America matter to us? These are serious questions. To steal from John Wayne, I'm not spitting these words out just to see where they splatter. I'm asking these questions because they are critical to our immediate future and the futures of our children and grandchildren. If beating each other up over political nonsense was going to make our nation and culture better, we wouldn't be where we are now. And that is precisely why the technocrats want us to continue down this road. They want us tearing each other apart over the same old crap that we pretend is new every four years because they know we are addicted to having our ears tickled. So long as we don't view each other as fellow countrymen, as neighbors, 
So long as we continue to obey the technocrats and move through our daily lives paying no mind to those around us, we are moving the agenda of the technocrats forward for them. And that agenda is to destroy this nation so they can rebuild it in their own dark image. I have said it before. The powers that be are tearing this nation apart and bringing it down piece by piece by destroying our culture while we ignore each other until it's time to fight again over the same old crap in election years. We have given the technocrats ample reason to sit in their armchairs, grinning as they eat their popcorn on the sidelines, watching us follow their childish script to the letter, carrying their ball down the field to our own cultural destruction, believing the entire time that we're not fools. What we allow is what will continue. I am of the firm opinion that we are at the tipping point in our culture. We decide to no longer allow our culture to be torn apart by the technocrats, or we continue living every day like we have been, and like a bunch of lemmings, we drive it right into the goal and score the cultural collapse of the United States of America for the powers that be. We have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. Not later, not someday, now. At this moment. How are you going to choose to interact with those around you as you move through your daily life? The people you encounter on the road, at the store, at work, at church, at school, and everywhere else your life intersects with your fellow countrymen, your neighbors. Will you treat them as if they are shadow people who don't even exist, or as fellow countrymen, as your neighbors? Will you detach all humanity from them so you can try to deceive your conscience? that ignoring, disrespecting, or cussing your fellow countrymen, your neighbor, is not rotting your soul or destroying our culture so long as you don't know who those people are? We're better than this. We're a better people than what we are allowing ourselves to become. You won't be able to change our culture by yourself. But if enough of us change how we interact with those whom we encounter, living out our daily lives, we could collectively change our nation's culture in a tiny fraction of the time it took our culture to decay to where it is now, and leave the powers that be standing on the curb, begging for someone, anyone, to listen to their schemes for world domination. That is the choice I see before every one of us today. I'm going to leave this one here, and I'll catch you on the next one.